The aim of Black Mental Matters is to tell experiences with honesty. Therefore, some discussions may trigger an adverse reaction. If a discussion is beginning to upset you, we advise that you please stop listening and talk to your support team. Hey, 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 what you say? How you doing? It's your man, Vince The Voice, and this is Black Mental Matters, a program, the podcast where we work to eradicate that stigma as it relates to mental health, as well as just how black folks, how we wheel and deal through life. And I tell you, a phrase, I can't breathe, echoing across the planet, police taking lives with chokeholds and asphyxiating others with knees on their necks. And, you know, our communities, we've been appealing for decades for politicians, policy makers, environmental organizations telling them, hey man, we can't breathe, only to be ignored. The fact is, black, brown, indigenous, and poor people, poor communities, have disproportionately been the dumping grounds for our country's deadliest toxic pollutants. We have instituted economic and environmental apartheid, yeah, some strong words, through redlining, restrictive covenants, and unfair zoning practices, creating what have been called sacrifice zones. Yeah, sacrifice zones. Well, on this episode, I've got some folks that are working to help eradicate that situation. Talking about sustainability, you know, how our communities can be healthier. And so I know you're going to enjoy Bobby Johnson and Lynn McRae, Eco Sneakers. They're our special guests. You want to listen up and then you want to breathe. We want to breathe good air, right? That's why Black Mental Matters. And it starts right now. It's Black Mental Matters, and boy, I tell you what, the headline is Environmental Racism is Killing Americans of Color, and that climate change can make it worse. And there's a whole lot more to that. And so I am just really honored and excited about having our guests. Uh, we have on the show today from the organization Eco Sneakers, a social enterprise that provides effective and environmentally friendly opportunities that provides both local and global impact. None other than the CEO and founder. Founder, Mr. B.J. Johnson and his right and left hand, Lynn McRae. And uh, the crowd goes crazy. Yeah. Hey. Boom. <laughs> the crowd goes crazy. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, B.J. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you so much. Uh, and thank you, first of all, as you, when you guys find out all the great work that they do, thank you for what you do and thank you for being on the program today. And let's, let's just jump right in it because this environmental racism, this environmental disparities, I mean, affecting the uh, communities of color got you involved. Uh, uh, Bobby, why don't you start out and, and, and just, just give us a little bit of, of, of how you got into this whole sustainability. And it's, it's such a big topic. Let, let's talk about it a little bit. Well, you know, I, I uh, created Eco Sneakers just by, um, honestly, it's a full circle of my life, honestly. I, I gave a pair of shoes to a gentleman downtown. He was a homeless guy, didn't have a pair of shoes on. So I took my shoes off, gave him that pair. Before I knew it, it snowballed effect to where um, people was giving me shoes hmm. to turn around and give back to the community. Before you knew it, it turned out to be 11 years or so. 300,000 pairs of shoes have been saved for, yeah, 300,000 pairs of shoes have been saved from the landfill or, and uh, repurposed to people in need. I said earlier, full circle of my life, because we grew up, just like a lot of us, we grew up without shoes. 
So for me, it became a passion yes. to to make a difference in other people's lives. Yes, yes, and you definitely have like you uh, what three hundred thousand again pairs of shoes oh, yeah. that you've collected and uh, created a playground mulch and, and there's actual playgrounds here in in Atlanta that uh, are made from the collections that you made and there are people in Africa and Asia and everywhere with with Jordans on their feet just because <laughs> whether it's Jordans or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, what a wonderful, wonderful uh, story. God Lord, yeah. From Thailand to um, Vietnam to uh, Panama, Central America, everywhere, we've given shoes. Wow. Wow. And so I guess this great uh, effort that you had somehow attracted Lynn. Lynn, how did you get involved with this with this effort? Well, about four years ago, um, well, I've, I've known, first of all, I've known Bobby for a while because he used to coach my kids when they were younger. OK, so probably a good 15 years, 15, 18 years. And so when I my kids went away to college, I had to figure out like what to do with my life. And uh because I was always been a mom. So Bobby needed an admin person to kind of help him out with some of the stuff, you know, so I'm like, well, why not? You know, it's no big deal. I'm just going to help out. But when I got into it and I realized what he was doing and the impact that it was making on not only people that we were giving the shoes to, but like even a bigger social construct and environmental construct and marketing construct. And I mean, there's just so much to this. It gets bigger and bigger. I was hooked and um, I just there was no way that I wasn't going to be part of this movement. Wow. Um, to, and it, it became more than just being a sneaker recycler. Right. It was. Um, yeah. There's so much more than that. So much more. than. And that. there's a big impact. And there's a big need for the leadership that you all are doing. I mean, again, I was blown away. I can't breathe. Echoing across the planet. Black and brown communities, as Bobby just said, you know, we live in, in areas with uh, landfills right next door. There was one less than a mile from my house where I grew up in uh, Gary and maybe a little bit uh, further than a mile. But I'll tell you what, on a hot day and that sun uh, uh, wind blowing, mm -hmm. uh, you knew it was right around the corner down there. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, let alone yeah. uh, the, the electrical lines and things like that. So this whole issue of environmental health and fr friendly, I mean, it affects our communities probably more than, than, than any. Talk about that a little bit. Well, it really is an injustice for people of color. And one of the things we did just to learn more about the whole process is to um, take a class with Al Gore and his climate reality conference a few years ago. And it made us, again, more aware of some of the social injustices of environmental practices. So one of the things I learned was that there were factories and things like that. They were intentionally placed in black communities mm. because they knew that people of color wouldn't protest. So they're, you know, they automatically put those there. There's no environmental protections. There's water being dumped into the groundwater, rampant disease and lead poisoning and things going on in those communities. Yet nobody was questioning the issues. Mm -hmm. So we were disproportionately shown up in classrooms with um, mentally disabled children and even physically disabled children. But, you know, nobody was asking the question as to why. And so it was funny because I've, you know, kind of been doing some research, but they talked about Trump said in 2016, what do you have to lose with having Trump being in office and, and, and him not being paying attention to the EPA and any of the things that are going on. Well, what we have to lose is our lives. It's our lives. It's, 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 it's a fact. It, it, it's a fact. Black, brown, indigenous, lower wealth communities have been the dumping grounds for our country's deadliest mm -hmm. toxic pollutants. And then <laughs> and they've created what's called sacrifice zones filled with smelters, coal fired uh, power plants, incinerators, petrochemical facilities and a host of other polluters. And 
and no one, you just don't hear about it. That's why I'm so thankful for your mission, uh, Bobby, of addressing this and bringing it out to the forefront. Some of the things that we don't know, we don't understand is uh, what we do as well. For instance, shoes. We collect shoes, right? Right. Uh, there's a whole generation that has tons of shoes in their closet. Mm. And when they're finished with those shoes, where do they go? Lots of times they go to the landfill. Mm. And what people don't understand, each shoe takes about a thousand years to break down. What? A thousand years. Say that one more time, please. Each shoe <laughs> <laughs> takes about 1,000 years My to break down. Goodness. And it, yeah, you take a shoe and let it sit, it'll sit forever. Wow. When it rains, the toxin from, from the chemicals of the shoe is uh, soaked into the, the ground. Mm. And then that pollutes the water and that pollutes the crops, the ground, everything. Uh, it just makes more sense that if we understood upcycling, recycling, upcycling is just taking a product like a T-shirt, for instance, taking it, cutting it up, putting your name in it. And there you go. You got a new shirt. That's upcycling. Mm. If you were to take take that shoe and recycle it, just grind it up, make playground mulch. You can take 3000 pairs of shoes to make a basketball court. Mm. If we did more of that, that alone would make a difference within our community. When, you know, you talk about all those chemicals that are in the ground, you know, all those, and there's about 400 million pairs of sneakers that go into those landfills every year. Um, so what we did was just a drop in the bucket. So that's why we're, we're trying to get this, get the idea out because people need to understand, you know, what that does to their own communities. So when you talk about chemicals going into the soil, where do we grow our fruits and our vegetables? In the soil. Right there in that soil, right? And then that stuff goes right back into our bodies when we eat it. Mm. Not only that, the water that we drink and what we even shower in, our bodies are sponges. And so when we shower in water that has those chemicals in it, guess where those chemicals are going? Mm. Right back into our bodies. Oh. So why are we having these major diseases and major issues? It's because all of these things are going right back into our bodies and we're not even aware of our environment enough to know that these things are happening. There's a lot of education that's not happening right now and that's what our goal is to do. And Bobby asked me at one point, like, what do we do? Like in our communities, it's sometimes it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because we've seen stuff being strewn around in our neighborhoods. That's what we do because we've grown up seeing that that, you know, Bobby down the street just yeah, threw the stuff right. out, the, out the window. Stop it, Bobby. And so that's what I'm going to do. Stop it. <laughs> I, know, I, had to, I had to spank that hand. Anyway, so... so, <laughs> so it's right, so, yeah. So, but yeah, it is conditioning. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if we're still mm -hmm. doing that to ourselves in our own communities, you know, it, yeah, of course we got people out there dumping on us, but then we start doing it ourselves. Because we're not paying attention. One of the things I, I learned growing up and even growing my kids is each one teach one. Yes. Yes. So if I taught my oldest child to do this, to make sure that he cleaned up around his environment, to make sure that not only did he clean up around his environment, but he starts to work with his mental environment. So instead of listening to Jeezy, maybe listen to Les Brown for a few minutes. See, that's, you that's, know? You, you, so, yeah, you, you, you brought it up early, you know, because this is uh, Black Mental Matters is the program. And while it's not all clinical, uh, at the same time, you don't know all the things that are being, uh, uh, having an impact on your mental health. And, and you said it, Lynn, this, this stuff not only attacks your, your liver, your kidney, your heart, your lungs, it attacks your brain, your mind, your thoughts, mm -hmm. and uh, it can yeah. be devastating. A lot of it is just a, it's a subliminal conditioning. The park that I grew up in, Paris, Kentucky, I went out there today. Uh, I'm, I'm visiting, by the way. I went out there today and I went to the park and there's trash everywhere. Mm. There's tires. There's a, there's a bucket laying around. There's McDonald's. 
and kids still come out and play. Now, when the kids see that, it's a subliminal conditioning that it's okay to do this. Mm. But part mm. of the problem is, at the same time, the resources. Why is no one cleaning this park? That's where you, you've got to vote. you got to vote for someone who cares enough to put someone over there to clean yeah, the parks. climate leaders. Mm-hmm. Yes. Somebody who's, who's yeah. You said yeah. Uh, that's, something, that's a whole other thing. You said each one teach one. And I, I recall back in uh, workforce uh, board days in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, where I really pushed for the uh, kids, uh, the summer jobs to work at small businesses within their own community with the intent that when somebody in their neighborhood, if they got to be cleaning up this corner around the store, and then when they see somebody in their neighborhood throw a bottle down, they're going to be like, hey man, uh-uh, I got to clean this mess up so you stop that you know it's we, we got to put some some, mm-hmm. some some things in place so that it becomes a uh, natural uh because it's no doubt you go in one neighborhood yeah. it looks a certain way you go in another neighborhood it looks a, a different way and um mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that way it should not no it should not but we have to start reprogramming ourselves to pay attention to our own total environment mm-hmm. like again it starts it starts right here at home it starts right here at home mm-hmm. now people you hear this term all the time and i don't hear enough uh, black folks uh, us talking about this about this climate change and all this kind of stuff but as i'm understanding as this climate continues to rise it actually it, you know killer heat is starting to get to us i mean in our neighborhoods you know in the, the cities oh my, gosh. oh my god that that climate change stuff comes from uh what we're talking about here uh, i know uh, yeah. you've done some research in that area mm-hmm. and definitely and so one of the things that again bobby and i were talking about the landfill and so one of the things he mentioned and I was just shocked, but I, I know it happens. They built a park right on top of the landfill. Yeah. So as they're shifting the landfill somewhere else, they built a park on top of it. So as that's happening, so the methane gases and things that are underneath that park, you know, because they, they put asphalt on top of it. <laughs> so <laughs> then you got like really a laser beam coming down from the sun, warming all that up. And so that's warming up our whole area. And it's putting out gases into our air and and pollutants into the air. And so that just makes it, you know, it's a killing field. Basically, Mm. we're we're in a sacrifice zone. People don't realize. And that's. That, 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 yeah, housing projects and, as you said, asphalt uh, parks and things like that, that raises the temperature at least 12, 13 degrees hotter uh, when the mm-hmm. sun is out. Right. And we're taking down trees on top of that. And so we're taking away the oxygen that trees provide for us. So we have a lot of concrete jungles and we're taking away the oxygen that we have naturally. And when factories are built, uh, they're built in a in a way to where um, the waste is gone into the streams, and those streams are usually around the neighborhoods that are we're inhabiting. The smoke, everything. Um, in South Carolina, right? Um, there's a pig farm, wasn't it? Mm, I think it's South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Was it South Carolina where um, people was coming up with all types of cancer and came from? A factory that was built in New Orleans, there's a factory. Right, uh, the drain they, off of those actors. The people there are getting cancer and so on from the water. So, Flint, Michigan, Flint, Michigan with their uh, pipes. Uh, Flint, Michigan. Right. right. Know, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that water looked like uh, straight up orange lemonade. I mean, that was really, that, that was coming out of the uh, uh, faucets. And, and it just seems, it was sensationalism, you know, for a minute it was in the news. It was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But then I believe that today things are much, uh, have gotten better there in Flint. But as soon as they figured that, then they looked at the water in uh, Detroit and the water in Gary, my hometown. 
and, uh, and all our urban communities uh, are, are being faced with uh, some of those same kind of problems. Because mm-hmm. the infrastructure is breaking down and all those old pipes and all that rusty, you know, all again, goes back to lead poisoning and things like that. All that's those old rusty pipes that have never been replaced, but they're still pumping our water through them. It's just it's just that whole thought process of, you know, you want to have clean water, you want to have these things positive in the communities, but your infrastructure is not there to support it. And thus, uh, eco sneakers came into play uh, first again, starting out with uh, BJ. And that's who we're talking to today. Eco sneakers dot org. Look him up online. BJ Johnson, the uh, CEO and founder and his right and left hand, uh, Miss Lynn McRae. Uh, you know, starting out with uh, just giving a homeless man a pair of sneakers and now this uh, great uh, focus on just our environment as a whole and particularly in our black and uh, the, you know Latin communities, our, our underserved, our underdeveloped uh, uh, communities. We really, really um, don't know how bad things are. Again, take my hat off that that you all have taken this on. Um, and so as as we talk about, again, Eco Sneakers, you, you guys are involved in a number of drives. I, I know we worked together recently. You had the NFL Players Association. So there are some people out there that really want to help in this way. So we've talked about the problem. Let's talk about those solutions and, and, and some of those partnerships that you all have developed so that, uh, hey, we can grow this thing and, you know, everybody get healthy together. Okay, well, I'll tell you about the first thing we do is the shoes that we collect, we uh, try to give them away in the community first. And we'll give them to uh, women and children at uh, women's shelters, children's shelters, and also senior citizens. Uh, Again, as you said earlier, anything that can't be worn is made into playground mulch running tracks. And uh, we're working on our own um, uh, grinding at the moment, too. So hopefully our own grinding will be up by um, the end of 2021. When you say your own grinding, what were you you gonna? Yeah, grind the well, shoes we take shoes. Oh. Yeah, we're working on that as well. Okay, okay. So you say that was the first, that was the first step. And then the partnerships that you all have, have developed, I mean, it's getting the message out further and that's how we met and, and, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, what are some of the things that people uh, who are listening can do to improve their environmental environment uh you know just small steps big steps whatever you can impart to 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 help us get better well i think um one of the things is you can just look to see what's in your closet that you can repurpose so right now you know we're the first of the year right so a lot of people are are, we have our new year's resolutions and and we want to do better hopefully when you know better you'll do better so our goal is to let people know that it's something as simple as donating a pair of used but not abused sneakers and we have a lot of different locations where you can donate. Um, there's, oh gosh, locations all over the, the city. So um, you can actually donate a pair of sneakers if you've got them or more. Um, if you've got just something, shoes or sneakers that are in your closet and they're just sitting there looking at you and you don't know what to do with them. There are several locations where you can actually donate those sneakers. So um, some of the places are Fidipides, for example, in Ansley Mall and also Sandy Springs. Big Peach Running Company, Marietta Peachtree, uh, Marietta Peachtree locations, Fleet Feet locations around the city, um, West Stride, as well as um, Smyrna Recycling Center. We've got locations all over the city. So um, even Athletes Foots, Abadaba Cool Shoes. So just take your shoes, donate them and, um, you know, get them to somebody who can use those shoes. And we always tell people that, you know, give your shoes a second life, allow your shoes to be 
on somebody else's feet. Let somebody else walk a mile in your shoes. Now, we also do have locations for people in Birmingham area. So there's a track shack locations and also fleet feet locations in Birmingham that you can also donate to. We will Um, start here. And and, and so those locations you were talking about uh, for our listeners is there from all over the country are here in Atlanta. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you can still put them in the mail and send them to us or uh, perhaps you can do that too. Yeah. Or be interested in starting an eco sneakers wing in, in, in your community. That would be awesome. Yes. And again, you can go to ecosneakers.org. Make sure it's .org. Um, and you can also contact us. We're on Facebook at Ecosneakers, also Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So you can get us on Eco Sneakers and you can kind of see um, we've got some YouTube videos out there that kind of talk about what we do and even show some of the pictures and things on um, who we've been dealing with. Currently, we're working with the NFL Players Association with their Inspire Change program. We're doing um, some things in the local Atlanta area as well as Birmingham. And we're even going to be expanding out in some of these other local areas. So stay tuned for that information. And you can contact us at info, I-N-F-O, at ecosneakers.org if you wanted to send us a quick email if you got shoes. Yes, you can. And we'll we'll give that uh, again at the uh, end of the program. I was looking on your website and it talked about 400 million children worldwide that live in extreme poverty. And out of those 400 million, I would guess at least 300 million of them sometimes have never owned a pair of shoes. So audience, as you're mm-hmm. listening to this, I mean, just think of, of the joy you could put on somebody's face. And uh, and again, you say they are they need to be. Um, how did you describe the shoes? Not abused, right? Used, used, not, not abused. abused. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't need air conditioned shoes. <laughs> we need some, yeah, some, some really nice shoes. But you will be able to see some of the work again. It is just amazing again that you can take these sneakers and grind them up and create such a beautiful playground like at uh, Ponzi Highlands uh, 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 playground here in Atlanta. Uh, I've seen it and it is just amazing uh, that, that they can be repurposed, recycled into new athletic surfaces that uh, uh, young people can then take advantage of and then get healthy as they're out there uh, uh, playing and exercising and things like that. And we got to get our eyes on um you know what is going on in our in our communities as it relates to as we started out with talking about uh, you know landfills and you know, smoke towers and things like that. I live out in the country, and I'm telling you can tell a big difference when you smell the air out here as opposed to when I go into the city. Mm-hmm. It makes a big difference, and notice that most of our kids, most of our youth, African American youth, are living in those areas around the cities, and so. You know, we want to let them, you know, have different exposures, get them out to the country where they, you know, maybe even see a difference. Um, And, you know, that's something else that we need to talk about when we look at environment is how can we get people to know, to understand that either they need to clean up where they live or they need to move. You know, they need to get somewhere where they can live a, a decent life, a healthy life. And one that you can breathe. I, you sent me that document. It just, again, it started out with I can't breathe. And, of course, that took us mm. back to the uh, shootings, you know, that took place. I mean, all these things uh, that our black community has to deal with that other communities don't. And on top of police brutality or injustice or whatever, the fact of, of just having some clean air and not, not having 
uh, chemicals being pumped into our water and and um, it's it's it, it, it needs all of us working together to change this. And I think we can. I really do think we can. I think so, too. And I actually had a, a quote from um, Congressman John Lewis. One of the things he said was humanity is the most important endangered species under threat from climate change. And yet we flood our ecology with poisons and pollution. Hmm. Mm. And we are an, we become an endangered species. Mm. So, Bobby, what do we do now? Again, we, we we're talking about it and uh, I, I want to give we got about a minute or two left. I want to give send him off in style. Uh, Mr. B.J. Johnson on uh, save save the planet, please, sir. Would you, Captain uh, B.J., would you please save the planet for me? Well, one of the things we do is, is you you did an excellent job getting people out to vote, Vince. We have to pay attention to who's going into office, and we have to vote climate leaders, people who care, people who's going to make a difference in our environment. And the other thing we have to do is we just have to be more um, clear on what we're doing to ourselves. We have to take responsibility for our own environment. And with that being said is we have to just just give back whenever you can. And for Eagle Sneakers, we're not asking for the shirt off your back, just the shoes off your feet. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> and those old shoes off your feet, used but not abused uh, shoes. Uh, That's you, right. You know, folks like to collect all these uh, uh, sneakers, and uh, you're not wearing those things. And, and there, there are lots of young people and older people walking around with no shoes on their feet. And that's where it started from. A homeless man downtown. Bobby gave him the right, shoes. Right, right. And the world yep. has gotten better already. So thank you both. 300,000. 300,000 uh, sneakers collected. Uh, give the information one more time, Lynn, as to how they can contact uh, Eco Sneakers. They can reach out to us at www.ecosneakers.org or they can contact us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube um, at Eco Sneakers. E-C-O with the word sneakers all together. Um, and you can also email us at info at ecosneakers.org. And the last thing is to contact us if you need to call at 404-388-0088. Again, this is Eco Sneakers. I'm Vince The Voice. We are tackling this issue and we're going to make life better. We're going to change this headline from environmental uh, racism is killing Americans of color to the environment is healing Americans of color and climate change is over. It's a better, better world out here because of the work that we, you all are doing. We thank you so much. and We'll see everybody next time on Black Middle Matters. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Thanks, Vince.